What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO Project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
dig this. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Viral Brand Goggles, Fly Racing USA, and FMF Racing. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got Mr. Viral Brand himself, goes by the name of Scott Steffi, repeat offender to the podcast and a friend of the podcast. Scott, how's it going? It's going good. How are you today? Hey, not doing too bad whatsoever. Can't complain. The sun is shining. It's a two, it's a two stroke Tuesday and I'm talking dirt bikes with a guy who knows a lot about them. I can't complain. Yeah. Two strokes, man. I'd love to see them come back. Huh? Hey, no, no doubt. Well, uh, you, you guys have been doing your part a little bit, getting, uh, uh, your, your son Ryder out there on a, on a 125, ripping around. And, uh, I, I just love to see those things come back a, a little bit more and a little bit more every single year. Uh, in my humble opinion, I think the simplicity and the nostalgia and the uh, the value that a two stroke can bring to a racing program uh, is, is almost immeasurable uh, as far as uh, the money you can save and just uh, bike for your dollar that you can get. But that's a, that's a whole other uh, issue. But uh, that's honestly my opinion on it. I think uh, two strokes are are a great way to go racing. You know, I I agree. You know, we've you know worked with the Barn Pros guys at the Barn Pros Yamaha team for the last four years and. Last uh, two years, we did the MTA Two Stroke National. We both have done the One Twenty Five Dream Race, and we were at it, you know, this year again. And it is, it's a the bar of entry is lower, the maintenance is lower, and you know, racing is racing. You know, whether you're going eighty miles an hour or you're going forty miles an hour, if you're side by side with somebody going as fast as you can, racing is the same. And so, you know, I think I, I would love as a as a fan of the sport to see that come back, you know, to see a, maybe a support class that is a, you know, as kids come up, there's a 125 support class at the national or something like that. And they have to go through that to get themselves to the bigger bikes or something like that. I don't know what the answer is, you know, wholeheartedly, but I definitely like the two stroke thing. And if you, if you ever get a chance to ride one, man, they are an absolute blast. You feel like you're going a million miles an hour. Of course, you feel like you're going 100 miles an hour. You sound like you're going 100 miles an hour. And uh, honestly, for me, I think that, uh, like you said, the barrier to entry is so much lower on a, on a two-stroke. Um, honestly, right right from stock, they come pretty potent, and they're they're not too far away from uh, becoming an absolute rocket ship uh, of what the potential is as far as like really what you can modify on a two-stroke is rather limited. But for that reason, it becomes more affordable. And uh, I just find for myself, uh, the technology is not what's holding me 
back. I had Jimmy Dakotas ride my 2005 KX1 or KX250 uh, and win every single pro moto locally, and uh, I can't I can't even follow those guys through a couple of corners uh, with, with holding their pace. So the the technology is not what's holding me back. It's it's just uh, my my throttle hand and where I, how, how early I grab for the front brake. But um, no, it's uh, it, I think they definitely has a place, and I think you're right. If there was like an entry class or if, uh, like a um, if, if maybe we saw the, the the 125 go away a little bit and saw the 252 stroke as sort of that uh, stepping stone bike, uh, I, I yeah. think that that would be uh, a huge thing, and I think that people would really enjoy that. And uh, um, it's just there, there's I, I I just watch the trends on my own social media, Scott. Uh, when I when I post a picture of a two stroke. Um, the, the, the likes are up over a thousand. When I post uh, a picture of a four stroke or some current racing, uh, it's, it's, it's closer to 750, close, maybe close to 500. So. Yeah, maybe that's just indicative of the of the type of people that I've I've had start following uh, Big MX Radio and, and and the the people that I've cultivated. But also, I think that's just motocross races in general. They they uh, people are drawn to them. They like the way they look. They like the way they sound. And uh, like you, I think you got to admit, you can't argue when one of the, when a when a one twenty five or a two fifty starts barking, uh, everyone everyone turns to look. Well, you look at what Jimmy you know Jimmy D back. Well, I don't know, four or five years ago, he produced that yeah. 125 video, and that thing I think is over a million views. You know, exactly. and uh, and I'll tell you, you know, we were at Zaka Station a few about a month ago, a little over a month ago, and had a 125 there. We were letting the magazine guys ride the 125, and, and uh, we built it for the 125 Dream Race. And when you hear that thing heading up, there's a there's a step up, step up uh, type deal at Zaka Station. And it kind of echoes down into the into the lower part of the track. That 125 sounded so sick, you know. I mean, it just had that really sweet sound to it. And uh, and you know, everyone everyone there was like, you know, hey, let's, let's I want to throw a couple laps on this thing. I want to throw a couple laps on this thing. Everyone likes riding the 125s in the 250s. And it's funny because back in the day, you know, the one going from a 125 to a 252 stroke was a big jump. I mean, it doesn't it didn't you know, it doesn't seem like it now. When everyone was riding four strokes, but that was a big jump. You know, the 252 stroke was hard to ride. It was hard to, you know, get as much power to the ground and not get as much wheel spin. And the 125, you can kind of just ride all day long and never even get tired. So it's it's fun to watch the kids today when they ride the two strokes, and uh, and you know, and I and I do. I, I back to the whole thing. I wish I would like to see a really strong two stroke class. I think it would really help the sport, you know, grow. And that's the one of the problems that you look at. I think almost in every part of the country is a declining motocross population. And it's more or less from the fact that it bar of entry is so expensive now to get into racing and the cost of repairs are expensive, but they can get the cost back down. There's a lot of people out there that still like the moto. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, like you motocross in a way has kind of priced itself out of a lot of households just because, um, like, at, like the racing at the, at, at the, the mini cycle level hasn't changed for the most part, still two strokes, still very affordable. You can go out and buy yourself either a new or, uh, a, a, a like gently used, um, like KX85 for probably around just by around three thousand dollars, so maybe in, in a lot of cases even less. Um, but it's when you get to the two fifty Fs that now you've got uh, uh, you, you've got cams, you've you've got uh, the varial timing, you've got electronic fuel injection, you have an aluminum frame, you've got all these 
these doodads on these motorcycles that make them so expensive. Uh, literally, you're tripling or quadrupling your uh, your annual output or your annual budget to go racing. And honestly, I, I, like that's not, you don't see that in any other sport. Like it's not like you go from playing hockey uh, and you go from like you're it's. Like your your sticks go from being fifty bucks to now they're two hundred dollars. That, that's not how that works. You don't go from the two, the the hundred dollar skates to the thousand dollar skates all in one fell swoop just because mm-hmm. you get bigger. You know what I mean? You can right. still buy that entry level skate. You can just still buy that entry level stick. All those and like, like it's it's totally it's totally different than a lot of sports like. I obviously like at the a lot of other individual sports like tennis and stuff like that like you get some pretty pretty like you you really if you want to play the game you really got to get some unbelievable rackets and stuff like that but we're not talking tens of thousands of dollars in that uh, standpoint that that that's more towards the, the 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 instruction of those sports but I think just that like to go out and buy a dirt bike and and honestly I think you'd probably know better than anybody you don't want to go out there and buy a used four stroke a lot of those things are ticking time bombs where you can buy a blown up two stroke 250 bucks a case of beer later you got yourself a pretty potent racing machine <laughs> yeah yeah you know and my dad you know my dad was an old school i got i got started in racing because my dad was a car racer and my dad used to always say the difference between winning and losing in car racing was the size of your wallet and the nice thing about motocross is that it's it hasn't quite turned into that and i had this debate running the supercross team for the last few years i had this debate with our riders about motors and motor building and stuff. And the nice thing about motocross is it's still 75 to 80% rider, right? You can, you know, I think you probably agree with me. If you yep. give Ryan Villapoto a stock 252 stroke and you give almost anybody else a modified factory bike, Villapoto's probably going to whip you, right? That's yep. pretty it's, it's because, yeah, the guy has talent and he's fast and motocross is about talent. When you get to the higher level of pro racing, now there's a difference between individual riders, but you still watch a lot of those guys. Great, great example of this. And then we'll get back to the two-star real quick. But a real good example of this was uh, Short, Andrew Short, back when he was racing he with uh, McGrath, right? He had a factory. They leased those factory Honda bikes from him. He was getting what, the third, fourth, fifth every weekend. Then he lost the factory bike, had to buy a bike for a weekend, was getting third, fourth, fifth. Then he went to KTM, and the end of the season, he ran third, fourth, fifth, right? He was a third, fourth, fifth guy. The two strokes yeah, are the same speed. thing. Yeah, but the two strokes are the same thing. And, and my point being on the whole thing is that when you, you look at the four strokes the way they are today and how much it costs to get into them, you could have the same intense racing that we're having today, right, with a two-stroke and have – and because it's the bike and it's, it's the rider more than the bike. The bike is just – the way that they get around the track, right? You can have, but there's some trick stuff. I just answered uh, one of the online deals, one of the online Facebook uh, pages is an old school stuff, and it had the Honda CRF or the Honda, uh, uh, what was a factory bike from like the 80s, 84, I think it was. And it had a YZM, which was a factory Yamaha. Right. Both those bikes were pretty unbelievably cool bikes for back in the day, two strokes. There's a lot of stuff that I think could have been done with the two stroke to make it more environmentally friendly if that was the real reason they went to four strokes and to keep the cost way down. You know, we were building race motors, you know, a, a full factory race motor is like 10 grand, right, to build to build out a factory race motor. And, you know, you could build a, a full-on factory two-stroke motor for a quarter of that, right? And so that's, 
again, that's where the, the cost factor gets involved. But back to the whole thing, the two strokes, man, they're just, they're so fun. And I think that's yeah. something that we really, we want to see come back to the sport too is fun. Absolutely. Like, I, I know you still throw a leg over a bike every once in a while, Scott. And when it comes to, uh, just the fun factor, uh, when you twist the throttle, even when it's just on the stand or when you, you just throw a leg over it on a 125, you, you twist the throttle. It doesn't, like, it, it's exhilarating, but it doesn't scare you. That thing, like, you kind of, you, you twist the throttle and you almost laugh. You're like, this thing really doesn't have that amount of crazy power. In the right hands, it can go extremely fast around some corners and, and you can make it go well. But, uh, I find this myself, like, you, you, you just pull it through the gears and it never feels like it's really jumping out of your hands. And I think that's just a cool feeling is to know that you can, manhandle a bike you can throw it around uh it's so they're so light and flickable that even a guy like myself can feel like a like a like a boss on it and uh i think that if uh, more people who race need to inject more of that into their uh their 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 motocross diet because uh um i i, I that's the way i, I kind of carry my exposure to the sport and uh i i find that i i'm i enjoy it and i've raced four strokes i raced them for for almost 10 years. And, uh, um, I also, I, I've seen the benefit of being able to go around the entire track in third gear, uh, and, and, and race and, and, uh, and, and the, like there's a whole lot less maintenance with those bikes for the most part, unless you've got a full and modded out bike. Um, like honestly, it wasn't until I, uh, blew up a top end that I actually saw a spark plug on a four stroke just because it's, <laughs> it's just not something you, it's not something you check all the time. You just don't have to, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, honestly, I, I think you're totally right, and it was a great way to start off this podcast. Just, just uh, reminiscing a little bit about two strokes and talking about uh, maybe, um, maybe put the idea in some people's head that uh, they can go on their local Craigslist and for probably under two thousand dollars get themselves a bike that uh, is only maybe another thousand dollars worth of brand brand new accessories to, to to go out there and enjoy their weekend. Well, I, so I look, you know, obviously I'm from Washington State area here, which is the home of the Villa Potos, right? And Ryan's little brother, I was having a conversation with him, this is last summer, and uh, he bought a $1,500 CRF 250 two-stroke. He had bought it for, you know, I mean, 1500 bucks, right? He put right. maybe two, 300 bucks into this thing, and he was going around to all the local tracks and just whooping up on the entire pro classes on this thing, Right. And so I was yeah. joking with him about it, and uh, he's just like, dude, this thing is it, it's cheap. It is fun. He goes, I've pinned everywhere I go because he's a guy that kind of rides that way, right? And the yeah. interesting thing is is there's guys that, that, that race today that have a hard time figuring out how to ride a four-stroke, right? Four-strokes aren't a top-end bike. You can, make, you, you can modify them to be more of a top-end bike, but four-strokes are made to be run in the middle of the power band. Right, that's how they. That's where they make their power, and whether it's a two fifty F or even a four fifty, you run them more in the mid. And I, when you're watching a, a pro guy ride, it sounds like he's on the top, top, top. But he, you're more mid power. Where where a two stroke, you run wide open, right? So it fit right. It fit Tyler's personality really well to ride a two stroke, and so it and it's and he's fun to watch on that thing. You know, it's nothing's cooler than watching a corner come out and you hear a rough let off. And all you hear is, <laughs> you know, keep, they keep just never, never let off, come sliding through the corner on the two stroke and then whip it, you know, scrub the next jump and then suck some big triple afterwards. I mean, it's pretty fun to watch a guy that can ride a two stroke, really ride a two stroke. It's a lot of fun. And some guys, they fit better. 
you know. I, I know that I was talking to the guys at Golden Tire, and they've been talking about trying to put somebody on a two-stroke to go race the first three or four rounds of the Supercross series on a YZ250 or a, or a KTM250 or something like that. But somebody that's competitive enough that could actually, you know, put it in the night show and then try to all, and be competing for, for main event appearances. And I don't know where they, what, what ever happened with that deal they were working on, but man, that would have been, that would sure be fun. I think the crowd would really get behind that. For sure. Like, I, I almost kind of think of a guy like, uh, like Josh Hansen. Like, I, I, I'm, I don't want to mean to offend him in any way, but I think the days of, of Josh, uh, fighting for, for podiums are kind of done, uh, both 4250s and 450s. But if the guy went out there on a, a Husky 252 stroke, uh, a la last year Ronnie Ford did that a uh, number of races, right. although not going nearly as fast as, uh, as, as Hanny's capable of doing. The dude was but 40 years old. Show, yeah, exactly. The guy Ford's the forty guy. years old, man. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like that guy. That guy's hilarious. But uh, he's a, he's and, a and legend. He's, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he was racing two. He was racing two strokes back in two thousand and two. I think that's why he was grandfathered in in the first place. But like, I, I think it would be really cool just to see Hanny out there throwing whips, making noise, and uh, honestly, like, um, he'd be probably uh, making some other privateers pretty jealous because uh, he'd be getting a whole lot more exposure and and uh, and eyeballs than uh, than a lot of those guys that would be even a few positions ahead of him. Like, like it's it'd oh. be a great kind of like a uh, it's a great way to make some noise. Like, like honestly, Ronnie Ford didn't make a night show last year. As awesome as he is. But we all know who wrote a two-stroke last year, and he didn't even do it all that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally, agree. I totally agree with that. I think that was you know if I mean? we, and if you could get a guy to put it into the night show, right, yeah. and be battling, battling for main event positions, whether whether he makes it to the main or he's battling right there in the in the LCQ, the crowd Huge. would probably absolutely melt down. Seriously, oh for sure. Or, or yeah, like in a heat race, if he got, if he say if he got a good start on the, in a heat race, or uh, we don't have semi, semis anymore, but yeah, if he was in the uh, the LCQ mixing it up, like who wouldn't love to see uh, a guy like uh, a guy like Hanny take the last spot on an LCQ uh, ahead of somebody on a four stroke, and just like the like the, the every redneck every like closet redneck in the in the crowd would just be like on their hands, <laughs> on, on their feet. Hands in the air, and uh, the place would go. They'd tear the place down, and that's just. Yeah. Uh, and I think that just speaks to the the heritage and the uh, uh, the tradition and, and the history of the sport. People that uh, they would still know it, they'd celebrate that, and I think that'd be kind of cool. I, yeah, and you know the thing I'd like to see, and this is just me probably being an old school guy, but you know, back in the day, the supercross tracks were considerably different than they are today, right? And they, yep. and they're. I'm not going to say they're easier, but they're definitely they're definitely groomed in a way that that is designed to to do sections right. Where if yeah, you watch if old school flow supercross, way. right? If you watch old school supercross, the tracks were really broken up, right? The concept, I think, at least, at least when I started racing supercross, it seemed to me like they weren't making anything to be jumped. Everything was designed to slow you down. And then the riders were jumping things, right, and creating creating doubles and triples and and weird sections and and the whoops were never even, right? They were they weren't they weren't set up like a perfectly they weren't as big as they are today, but they were really really uneven. I would just love to see a good guy today ride a two stroke 
you know, like like a like a uh, Dungey and those guys, right? And see a whole race of nothing but two strokes and watch them on a track like this, like today, and just watch them get around it. Because when you watch Supercross from back in the day, they they the bikes the bikes don't float through the air like they like they do today, right? Because they, they don't have the inertia and the speed and stuff. And you'd see this yeah. even, right? Come out of the corner, hit a triple, and he just hangs there, right? It kind of labors in the air, and then he lands. And that guy used to jump stuff that was insane back in the day on a, on a 125 when he was a peak, you know, stuff that the 250 guys weren't even doing. And so, yeah. I mean, it'd just be fun to see that, you know, that's, but that's the old school. That's, that's the old man in me coming out, you know? No kidding. Well, I, th- I think I might be a little bit of an old soul in my own right in the fact that uh, uh, I'm all about that stuff as well. Maybe uh, more of a fan of an era prior to mine than I even uh, than I even realized sometimes. But Scott, um, you're you're a guy that's got a ton of motocross knowledge. You're a guy who races a professional, a renaissance man of motocross, traveling all over the globe, racing and uh, and being a part of it. And you're still part of it. And and now you've uh, you've directed your attention to building brands, building teams. And most recently, uh, bringing brand new goggles to the market, which are uh, not only performing at a really high level, but they're also uh, very affordable. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, a couple years ago, we were we were looking at what we had a race team, and we were talking about other ways to be involved in the sport. And my partner Steve Oslin and I sat down and kind of roundtabled some ideas. And I've always been. I've always had this kind of, I won't say, well, I guess it is, a goggle fetish, right? I had to have the, the certain kind of goggles. And they, always, they had to be super clean. They had to be dry. And I hated fog and goggles. I used to always do little things on my own and, and uh, to, to make sure that, that, you know, I always had the best vision. And, and I've told this story a bunch of times with my dad. Uh, when, I was in, when I was a junior rider, I got the whole shot. It was a muddy race here in, in Olympia. And I was out front and gone. And I started lapping traffic. And I got roosted pretty hard. So I pulled my goggles off. And I had like a two laps to go or whatever. Next lap I around my dad standing in the middle of the track. He sends me back to the pits. And uh, I was just like, I was mad. I was not a happy camper. And my dad just basically said, look, you know, it's very simple. He goes, you can always race another day, but you can never get another eye. He goes, you never pull your goggles. So from that day forward, I became really, really, because um, I knew my dad would pull me off the track if I ever popped, pulled my goggles off. So I worked really hard at making sure that my goggles were, you know, tip-top, best I could do. And I'd do little things, cutting out foam, and I'd, you know, run the no-fog stuff, and I'd run roll-offs with tailings over the top. And uh, so anyway, long story short, you know, it's, it's, we sort of tried to decide what we wanted to do in the industry, uh, goggles was on the forefront of what I wanted to do. Steve and I had sat down, kind of threw around some stuff, and Battle Brand was born. And we wanted we started out our first year with our first goggles, just kind of learning the learning the, the business, working with manufacturers, trying to figure out how how to do this and do that frame. You know, as far as the amount of rubber you put in the frame to make it the right flex, the amount of you know the the the, the curve of the goggle, the foam, the goggle, the, the lenses. And in the first goggle, we learned a lot. And so that's what helped bring out the factory series goggle that we have today. Well, there it is. And yeah, absolutely. It, it's a phenomenal product, and it seems to be getting better uh, every single year that uh, you guys evolve with it, you guys grow. And um, honestly, it's, it's a great service to the industry that's uh, hungry for uh, 
products that bring value. Uh, like to, to get uh, a great goggle, a great goggle like the one that you guys provide for for the dollar is something hard to come by because nowadays we've got uh, goggles that are pushing the three hundred dollar mark. Yeah, you know. We we pride ourselves on being a premium goggle, but we're not a rich man's goggle. And and that's, you know, when you look at the goggles market itself, I, there's a lot of guys. We had a conversation with somebody recently that said, you know, well, the, you got you got to build lenses for 450 roost, right? Well, I, I I'm a guy that runs 500 nationals, and I can tell you from firsthand experience that the roost off a of 500 and a roost off a of 450 isn't any different. Right, so we weren't having lenses blow out of our goggles. We weren't having breaking, you know, breaking uh, lenses and that kind of stuff. All of the stuff that we build, right, is the same quality as any of the top goggles that are made today. You know, and so we run the same lens material that is run in the, you know, Scott goggle and the 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 lower Scott goggles, not their new one with their with their formed lens, but. we run it with all, like, all the standard lenses, 100%, Spy, all those guys. Our lenses are made in the same manufacturing plant here in the United States. So all the replacement lenses come, you know, no fog. And, you know, the goggle really comes down to you're going to wear this goggle all the time. So what we started working on was how that goggle is going to fit your face. And one thing that I have, I got kind of a big nose, and I, and so I used to always get a lot of wear on the top of my nose, and there was no way I ever get around that. So I used to add extra foam and that kind of stuff to try to keep my nose from getting uh, chewed up so bad. And so this goggle, we actually come out with 14 millimeters of foam. We actually run four layers. We run a soft layer, a wick layer, I'm sorry, a soft layer neoprene layer, a soft layer again, and then our wick layer, and that actually pushes the goggle out just a little bit. But because the foam's a little softer, it still sucks to your face. It doesn't stick out weird. It doesn't stick out past the helmet. And But it created one of the most comfortable goggles that we think anybody's ever put on their face. And so far, uh, I, I've really had very little feedback of anything negative. Matter of fact, we believe so much in it that we offer what's called the Best Fit Challenge, which is a 30-day uh, money-back guarantee that if you buy the goggle, put it on your face, go wear it around, and go moto in it, and you come back and say, you know, I don't, I don't think this fits as good as my Scott goggles, or I don't think it fits as good as my Oakley's or whatever, you can return it, no questions asked, back to us, and we'll send you, we'll send you a refund check. And uh, we've, we've been running that, that program now for four months. We've not had one person request a uh, return on the goggle. And it's been pretty cool, you know. It's been it's been really really cool, and we've had some really good. We've had some riders like uh, some some riders that we've been trying to sign that uh, we weren't able to sign a couple of them just for the money money reasons. But they wore the goggles all off season and uh, loved it. And uh, so it's been it's been really working working really really well. Let's put it that way. For sure, absolutely, and uh, that's actually one of the kind of my. my fun uh, uh, social experiment every time that I'm out at the track or something like that and I happen to have an extra pair of virals uh, in my bag, I always offer to let, let somebody try them uh, because I, I know that uh, not only are they going to fit properly, the, the people seem to absolutely love the goggle, that uh, more often than not, they're going to find a way to try and uh, uh, to, to, to take them off my hands, whether uh, whether they want to uh, sauce me a few bucks or if they want to uh, if, I, if I'm feeling nice enough just to let them have a set because honestly like just getting more goggles into people's hands like this is is a huge importance to me. Um, the the product is unbelievable, and uh, all I have to do is try it. And uh, I think anyone who would go to uh, take the time to go to the vialbrand.com uh, and um, 
and and get themselves a pair would uh, would be doing themselves a, a a very very much a service. And especially this time of year, I think uh, there's probably a few people uh, that are listening that have a Moto guy on their uh, on their list. Um, and uh, maybe a, a set of viral brands is uh, is the right way to go. Absolutely, and you know, in the states, uh, down in the United States, we can get goggles. To, uh, the cutoff day really is tomorrow. If you if you want to get stuff for Christmas, it needs to be. The order needs to be in late today or early tomorrow morning. Our cutoff's going to be noon. Uh, tomorrow will be our last our last shipping day, really, to get it out before Christmas because it'll land by Saturday. And then uh, if you're up in Canada, uh, you can deal with PRMX. So Julian and the guys at PRMX, you can go to PRMX.com up there uh, and get set up. And I think it's PRMX.ca, I believe is what it is. And... Uh, they can they can hook you up. They've got goggles in stock, and I believe that he can ship right away as well. And and also, if if you're not interested in getting them before Christmas, just go ask your dealer. Your dealer in Canada can order them. Your dealers here in the United States can order them. They just have to call us direct, and we can get them direct sent out uh, immediately to them as well. So oh. we've had a lot of uh, a lot of growth in the last few months. It's been pretty great. Well, no doubt, yeah. Anyone can go to uh, the PRMX.ca, uh, check those guys out. Julian over there is uh, is hard at work, pounding on the pavement to get more dealers uh, pull, using his uh, his distributorship. And, uh, and and honestly, yeah, like guys, go on the website, check them out, and uh, he just placed an order. So you know, once his order has been filled, then just uh, like loot the guy of all those goggles that he ordered and make <laughs> make him order that many, that many more. Uh, uh, having Canadian distributorship uh, is is huge. A lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, I'd love to try that goggle, but I can't get it because it's in, it's uh, they don't ship to the states, or uh, or it's expensive to ship out of the states." You can go straight to prmx.com uh, and, and and get or .ca rather and uh, and get hooked up that way. And Julian uh, is usually pretty quick pretty quick with the, the, the delivery and if it's domestic uh, delivery it's probably a little bit closer although uh, we are only six days away from Christmas we are uh, we're, we're pushing the clock a little bit here but uh, for for a great product like you guys provide I think I'm gonna take the chance yeah 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 we've got you know it's gonna be a lot of fun right and the, and the goggles a good goggle people that people have been wearing it have really have really had such great feedback you know we've got a really strong amateur program. We just signed uh, Nick Burson down here for the 2018 season. He is uh, uh, the number. He was the number one off-road rider on the West Coast Aaron Hound Series last year. He finished second this year, and he'll be riding for Pervine uh, Yamaha again. Uh, we've got a few more riders that we're still working with. Uh, we've been working with uh, a couple riders that hopefully we'll be able to, to put on before the end of the season or before the before the season Supercross season starts. And then, of course, we're working hard on, on distribution, distribution worldwide. We've uh, really had a lot of great success over the last uh, few months. We ended up uh, signing our Australian distributor, so we're really hitting it hard down in Australia right now. We, have, uh, we just signed a Mexican distributor, so, the, so we'll have distribution in Mexico. That order actually is, is sitting on the warehouse floor getting ready to be shipped out uh, today or tomorrow. And obviously, we've got uh, a, a lot of inquiries. And then we're also going to be looking at doing the mountain bike BMX world, and we've been working on that as well. So, slowly but surely, we're trying to go viral. I mean, like like our name says, <laughs> trying to okay. go viral. Yeah, t- trying to go viral uh, on 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 dirt, 
on uh, on snow, on BMX, you name it, you guys are killing it. Uh, and honestly, you guys got a new snow goggle. So if it's Christmas, if you got a Christmas ski trip, or you're planning on going skiing or snowboarding this this winter, or even if you got some uh, snowmobiling coming up, or uh, or you've really shelled out some dollars and got and converted your motocross bike over to a snow bike, uh, you're probably going to need a, a a dual layer lens. Uh, and 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 what better way to do it than uh, the magnetic goggle uh, lens? that you guys have just come out with in the last little while. Yeah, it's funny. We, uh, we've had this goggle in our warehouse for about six months and didn't really do anything with it because we brought in a small, a small run of them just basically for the moto crowd that does the crossover. So guys at moto that snowboard or ski or snow bike, we wanted to have something for them, especially if they're sponsored riders, so that they could run the viral brands when they moto and then have something else they can run. They can have a viral brand when they're doing their snow sports as well. And, uh, we'd kind of been playing with it, getting some of the marketing stuff done when O'Neill launched their goggle, their moto goggle with that lens. And, uh, I think it's a great, I think it's a great lens for snow. I think it's a lot of, I think it works really, really well, but you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, if I'd want a moto in it myself, but the lens, but the goggle itself for snow is amazing. It is a quick change. It's a quick change lens. You reach up, pull it off. Ours actually comes with a, uh, comes with a, a clear lens with it. So when you buy the goggle, like every, like most everything that we try to do, we try to package it for you, we try to give mm-hmm. you some value. And so yeah. you get the, you get the tinted lens that comes with it and you get a clear lens. So let's say you're riding in the mountains and, uh, Night skiing starts up, and you're on the way up. You've got your tinted lens in. You're like, man, I can really use a clear lens right now. You just reach up, pop it off, reach in your bag, pop, pop on the other one, and away you go. And it's literally that fast. Uh, we've got a video on our Instagram account, which is viral underscore brand. And if you go to our Instagram account, you can check that out. And there's an actual video of the, of the goggle in action as far as uh, Karen Kanata, who's been our spokesperson, probably our spokesperson for the next, little bit she actually demonstrates how quickly that lens changes in and out and you don't have to pay attention to what you're doing you just pop it off pop the other one on the magnets kind of center everything up and away you go it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool program yeah you can spend more time just looking at karen <laughs> yeah she's yeah <laughs> she, she does a great she, job now um, maneuvering those goggles and yeah like, i think like honestly the what the, the the lens snaps off in two seconds, goes back on in two seconds, looks good. And like you said, yeah, like honestly, locally, um, I'll be skiing on a, uh, on a Saturday afternoon. It's bluebird. It's sunny. I need my, I need my, uh, amber iridium covered lens, uh, to protect myself so that I can, I can see the definition in the snow. But the very next night I might be, uh, I might be skiing at the exact same spot. The lights are on. And, uh, and you don't want to have that tinted lens. You want to have a clear lens or a yellow lens or something like that. So, uh, you want to have a, a the, the, get that clear lens on there. Bang, bang, boom. It's in, it's on, it's easy. And you guys make it super affordable. Yeah. You know, it's for a, for a snow goggle, you know, it's $129 retail. And that's a, that's in the snow goggle world. That's a, that's a pretty good price point goggle. It's not the cheapest thing you can buy, but it's not the most expensive either. And for the technology that's in that that particular one, it, it, that goggle, I mean, it's a, it's a good price for that goggle. And it's you know, the nice thing about snow goggles is, you know, moto goggles. You got mud, you get the sweat, you get you get all the conditions that happen, and, and those goggles wear out pretty quickly. Snow goggles, you buy them once, man, you can 
I mean, <laughs> before I started my own my thing, I've had spy snow goggles, and I've had them for 15 years, and they're still oh, brand yeah. new today, right? Yeah, I mean, you take, just take care of your stuff. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, oh, seriously, man. I got, I got goggles that I competed in in 2007 that I still wear. I wore last week when I was in Whistler. Uh, they're, if you take care of your stuff, you keep them in a goggle bag, uh, they'll last for a long time for you. So honestly, like I say, if it was like that, that's like we're going back to 2007. We're in 2017 now, 10 years on a pair of goggles. Uh, if you're spending $129 on a pair of goggles, just over ten dollars a year to have a high-performing goggle, uh, and, and if, like I said, if you take care of it, so uh, it's totally doable, my friend. Absolutely, absolutely. You know that's and that's the nice thing about you know the snow stuff is it lasts forever. You know, as long as you take care of it, dog doesn't get a hold of it. You know, you're you're not going to be changing out goggles every year. You know, unless you just want to, but most people don't. You know, and our colorways are pretty simple on that goggle. It's just a black strap with the you're riddling it. The riddling I can't feel the word. The uh, colored lens, and uh, and away you go. Words are hard sometimes, and especially when like iridium. <laughs> but uh, iridium, hey, Scott, thank you. There you go. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. And I really appreciate you uh, doing some bench racing, talking some two strokes, and updating people on all things um, viral brand. But before you go, uh, we'd like to announce uh, a bit of more uh, an expanded partnership with uh, through Big MX Radio and Viral Brand uh, going forward. And uh, and with that, we're going to do a little bit of a contest to kind of kick that off and uh, and 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 get some goggles into somebody's hands. Sound good? I felt like a, an excellent program. Again, once you try them, you know you're gonna you'll, you'll see the difference. And I think this is a great way of getting them in people's hands. For sure. Now, so what we're gonna do is uh, the the first person who listens to this podcast, the podcast will go up Thursday uh, Thursday morning, which will be the the twenty first of December. Um, first person who emails me at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com uh, and I'll put that in the link in the link to the, the description of the podcast as well as on Instagram first person to email me at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com uh, with uh, with uh, the subject header viral brand contest uh, first person to do that will uh, will be entered to win or will, will be the first uh, will be like uh, will 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 First person to do it uh, wins the goggles. I hope we get a ton of entries, and I hope that we're able to get some goggles into people's hands, and we're going to be doing that every single month throughout the entire 2018 season. Man, I really appreciate you coming on and, give, and gifting the, us those, the, the ability to, uh, to do some giveaways and put your product in more people's hands. No, I love it. You know, I, I, I want to thank you for the, for the time. Your radio show is always, always a big hit, and uh, – and we're excited, and if anybody else, if you, you know, we're trying to build our Instagram following, our our social following. So please make sure that you give give us a follow at uh, on our Instagram and our Facebook and our Twitter, and uh, keep up to date with what's going on with our brand. For sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's viral underscore brand on Instagram. Check them out. Keep up to date and uh, with all things viral brand and uh, and share photos. You'll get yourself featured on the on the page, and that just that just spreads the love. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You said you you, you DM it, DM uh, your photos to us with viral brand goggles now, and we will feature you uh, almost as soon as we get them. 
So there we go. There you go, my friend. Well, uh, like I said, <laughs> always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we'll have you on again as the season continues on. As uh, uh, You won't be at all the races, but I, I suspect you will be watching them. Perhaps we have you on to do some uh, some race reviews as the season goes on. But uh, I uh, love really that. Absolutely. Time, my friend, my, uh, Scott. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And thanks to all your listeners. You guys all have a great day. You have yourself a good one as well. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entiknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as TheCollectiveEX on Instagram, is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, 
they are not told whose wheels are whose. They just build amazing products. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-packet tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral Brand. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Viral Brand Goggles, Fly Racing USA, and FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line and the recent recipient of a brand new Works FMF system goes by the name of Colin Scummy Morrison. Colin, how's it going? What's up, man? Third time back. Guess uh, I guess you like me, right? Absolutely. Yeah, nice. absolutely. You are a repeat offender on the podcast, and your uh, your interview today is brought to you by Skivvy Under Underwear as well as uh, SMBG Clothing. Did you know that? Uh, I know it now, and I like it. Absolutely. I like uh, it. Anytime that uh, we have we have Colin on the show, uh, we're definitely representing those brands. Uh, f- 110%. And uh, before we get into uh, new and exciting things with Skivvy, um, I was wondering if you could enlighten us and kind of clue us in on some of the things that you've been working on with uh, Recovery Today. Well, uh, Recovery Today magazine, it's a sobriety-based magazine. Uh, the owner, he owns multiple rehab facilities all over Southern California. And um, I was scrolling through my Instagram one time, and I saw Recovery Today magazine, and it looked rad. It's an online magazine, and I, I direct message him. I, I let him know my deal, and I just told him I wanted to be, you know, a part of it. I wanted to tell my story through that. They got a hold of me. I went down there, uh, 
went down to their studios. Tara Connor, she was Miss America about 10 years ago. She fell into drug addiction. She's 10 years clean now. So she interviewed me. I told my story, and uh, yeah, they really liked me. So after that, they brought me on where now I'm the interviewer, where people come into the studios, and I'm the guy being the interviewer. So a little bit of, I guess I'm a journalist or interview guy now. So it's really cool. I, uh, I bring in everybody I know in my life that has recovery under them or just has a rad story about, you know, people that change your life. Um, so, yeah, I, I bring on new people, and it's just a really good – outlet for people that are trying to change your life around or you know they're in recovery or they want to you know try and get clean there's just a lot of good topics in there there's good interviews there's tips it's uh it's a really good outlet you know people in addiction i feel in today's day there's not enough stuff like that not enough positive stuff so it's a really good thing i'm 100 percent you know with them uh and I'm, i'm very passionate about it you know last month i I got to interview my hero, Nikki Six, bassist for Motley Crue. Dude, that was a Killer. big deal for me. That was a really big deal. When I was in rehab, I read Nikki Six's book, and that really helped me get through rehab. It was called The Heroin Diaries. He uh, he wrote a diary back in the day when he was in his heroin use, and he wrote a, a diary when he was like in his drug induced a coma and he made that into a book and it's really gnarly that guy's got 15 years sobriety so you know that that guy was a big influence to me and it was rad i mean the guy's a legend so yeah i got to interview him and yeah whole whole bunch of people so yeah you can go uh check that out at the app store it's free just download it and you can see i'm in every single month so yeah it's uh it's really good man Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've uh, you've been doing that and keeping with it, and I uh, would love to support you within that. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned at the top of the show, you recently received a, a full FMF exhaust system, the works uh, pipe, and the uh, the power core silencer to go along with it. Um, first of all, how awesome is that bike? How awesome is that system? And uh, why did you go all black with the bike, man? Are you trying to get with the metal militia or something? Been with militia eighteen years, black. I think personally, oh right, that's right. the only that's the only way you got to go when you got a bike. But uh, yeah, new KTM is sick. Had a Yamaha. I'm just a two stroke guy, you know. Four stroke. If I was racing, if I was like still in the mix, maybe. But I'm a two stroke guy. There's nothing like the pre mix. Uh, it's just easier to maintain. If something goes wrong, it's a lot cheaper. And bottom line, I grew up on a two stroke, and just because the fads, a four stroke, everybody's going that way. I just love the two-stroke, bottom line. So, yeah, I got a new KTM. I absolutely love this bike. And uh, the big thing for me was Yamaha hasn't changed their 250 in, fuck, 10 years. So I just wanted to get, you know, yeah. a two-stroke where it's up to date. And uh, the hydraulic clutch, really, really pumped on that. And yeah, FMF, I mean, I've been with FMF for going on 20 years. So I wouldn't run anything other than an FMF. And, uh, yeah, man, bike is good. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped on it, man. It makes me uh, – put a spark under my ass to really start riding a whole lot more. So yeah, I'm pumped. Well, absolutely. And we're, we're happy to see you getting on a motorcycle more often. Uh, you've got an incredible style on the motorcycle and just to see you getting that throttle therapy is, uh, is it just puts a smile on my face to see that you're, you're enjoying that. And, uh, I want you to keep at it, man. Like, uh, I love every, every time you post a riding video, I like, I know you had a good day. So, uh, that's, that's important to me. I uh, went down to Jimmy Fitzpatrick's house. We did a metal militia. I'm a, you know, you already know I'm a team manager from Western, so we went down and did a metal militia shoot, and I, um, 
I was in charge of that, just, you know, getting the riders where they got to be and everything. And they had, I'm not down to hit ramps anymore. I mean, I went to Larry's, I hit it, but they had a 200 foot ramp jump there and nobody hit that thing in like five years. And I had to show these little kids, you know, I might be team manager. I might be getting old, but I still have it. So that was a big one. I, I didn't hit no other jumps there. I just went for the 200 foot fifth gear wide open jump kind of sketchy on a bone stock bike stock suspension i didn't stiffen anything up and yeah went for that my first jump fifth turn wide open nailed it and uh that was such a big deal for me man i had i've never been so pumped on a bike ever from that day man it was uh it was a very good feeling going big again man that's for sure so you are a fucking badass for doing that. I, I can't even imagine that 200 feet, uh, like hitting a ramp like that. The, like the mere mortals would need supercross suspension to even attempt it. You're on, you're on uh, stock, stock, uh, um, stock everything on that motorcycle other than the exhaust. So, uh, hats off to you, my friend, but good to see. Uh, and, and great to hear that, uh, things are, are moving in, in the right direction as far as the metal militia side of things. And, uh, just keeping that culture going yeah for sure everything's going really good with metal militia things are picking up we're just trying to get a little strategy going on because you know metal militia started from a bunch of uh punk kids as myself you know kind of breaking the rules and you know all of us are grown up we're not you know we're about that but we're not a lot of us have have families and everything so it's really hard to find where metal militia fits in in 2018 coming up so you know, but we're definitely coming back. We've got a good team. All the clothes are back. So, yeah, just trying to rebrand that whole company. And, um, yeah, it's going really good with that whole deal. And it's really cool being team manager now. It's like a full circle, you know. How back in the day I was kind of a laughing stock. Like, I was a dude showing up, blacking out at every party. And now they actually kind of look up to me and I have responsibility. So, yeah, it all goes back to just getting sober, how it really did change my life and how, you know, anything really is possible. You know, that's uh, first and foremost. That's, it's just, it's crazy. Sometimes I, I think back when when I was in rehab with nothing to my name only five years ago, like literally nothing to my name, and now everything I have, everything I'm doing, it's, uh, it's, it's rad, man. I, I trip on it, and, uh, yeah, that just goes to show that, you know, you change your life around, really anything is possible. And uh, I mean that, you know, I tell people I'm nobody special. You know, I rode a bike. I wasn't even that good at it. You know, I never got no gold medals or anything. Just changed my life around, got clean, and I'm on top of the world right now. So anybody can do it is the moral of that story. So. There you go, and you are you're on top of the world, man. I, I I couldn't be more excited for all the things that you're doing, and you are doing a lot of things at that. You're 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 uh, you're taking care of uh, of yourself and your sobriety. You're you're active with uh, recovery weekly or recovery day or recovery today. Today magazine. Sorry. Um, you, yeah. Um, you're 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 heading up uh, all operations with uh, the metal militia, and on top of that, you're also uh, uh, you, you you run one one business in uh, servicing um, fire extinguishers, uh, SMBG clothing, Skivvy underwear, and uh, oh, on top of that, Skivvy's going racing Supercross on on, uh, on top of all that. Yeah, I guess like right now, you're, you guys are kind of the first people to hear that. But yeah, 2015, we had a Supercross team. With Adam Intignap, Tyler Intignap, it was really good, man. I swear, like, 
at all the West Coast rounds, we we probably had more people in our pits than some of the factory teams. It was like kind of bringing it back to the old old school days, like Moto Triple X days, where our pits it was just like punk rock. We had Jordan Burns from Strung Out playing the drums. I mean, we had all the rock stars hanging out under our pit. It was just a really you know, now in the pits, everybody's so uptight, everybody's so by the rule, and we were just a little bit looser, just had fun with it, and, and it showed, you know, we, we had a good time, so I brought it up to my partner, I'm like, dude, let's do another team, man, like, let's do this, all it's going to do is help out Skibby and, you know, Militia, so um, I got some sponsors together, raised enough money, and yeah, we're going racing uh, 2018, we got Adam Intignap, Tyler Intignap, Brock Shoemaker, and Colton Ake on our team. And uh, let me see, Brock Littner, a Canadian kid, he's going to be on our team too. So, yeah, we're going to be doing all the West Coast rounds. Um, it's going to be good, man. We're going to be doing Metal Militia autographs, autograph signing. We got, we're got we trying to get strung out to play at one of the shows, and I hope no Supercross, uh, Supercross official hears this because we're kind of planning on getting <laughs> shut down because we really want to push the limits on what we can and can't do. So, yeah, we're definitely going – super big this year and uh yeah we're gonna have fun with it man try and break some rules have fun and get everybody to our rig and uh show people what's up absolutely well when we when and if that uh if and when that performance happens i'm sure people will rush over and enjoy that uh that that performance by strung out if, if they are able to do that and uh i i don't think too many uh supercross officials listen to this podcast so i think we're safe on that one uh <laughs> but I, I know a lot of supercross fans do like to listen and uh and they're they'll, they're all excited to hear about uh the team coming together and honestly coming back is the fact the reality is you guys had this team uh in a in a little bit of a different uh, uh form about uh, two years ago and it was a hit and you guys were very successful with it so it's it's great i'm glad to hear it coming back yeah we're we're coming back uh we got a lot of big you know we got some movie stars a lot of big rock and roll dudes that are coming to all the rounds hanging out under the pit like i said metal militia autograph signing we got bands playing we got jason ellis uh from the ellis show he's going to be doing a radio show from our tent we got a dude gonna be tattooing nice. people so it's definitely going to be what people aren't expecting but that's what supercross needs man you know in the pits when i was a kid I remember always going to the Moto Triple X box fan, and they were just blasting music. They had the chicks. They had rock stars. There. It was rad. Like, I remember a kid, like, everybody was hanging out under that rig. It was just, like, the cool place to be. And now you don't see that stuff no more. So I want to bring that back, man, because for me, the early the late 90s, early 2000s, that's when I feel Supercross is rad. It really, like, there's image to it. It was a cool thing. And I feel personally, it kind of lost that. So I'm trying to bring that back, you know, kind of like the, the early stages of Hart and Huntington, you know, before they got so corporate, you know, which, I mean, if we got that yeah. big and got corporate, I'm sure I would go that way too with the money that has to offer, but it's not. So we're going to have fun, break some rules and let people have a good time and, you know, show people that Skivvy's uh, definitely going big and it's doing uh it's doing really good nowadays and you know just gonna show people that for sure now how'd this come together as far as like it was obviously an idea that was already pre-existing but uh was it the antic naps coming up up to you and saying hey can we get this thing get back going again no, it was, uh, it was, was the story that way like how did it all work it was purely me 
I was just thinking, like, dude, why why don't we do it? We have a, a full semi. That's my partner's. Uh, he has it. Long story. Don't want to get into that. But he has a full-blown semi. It's Dirty <laughs> Rat from 2017. He just gave you all our sponsors on it. I'm like, dude, let's do it. You know, we got to raise. Had to raise like 20 grand for driver's gas and everything. And we're also trying to supply, you know, race gas parts. Uh, pay for the riders entry so we're definitely going to help the riders and uh you know i brought it up to the riders and you know that adam and tyler they didn't have a ride they're going to show up in their ford rangers so right when i knew that i'm like well fuck this is this is going to be a success you know so it's cool and same with, with shoemaker and colton they didn't have no rides you know like in supercross now the rides are dying it's really sad you know just how gnarly and talented these guys are and nobody will pick them up. You know, there's just not enough rides out there. So I feel that, you know, we're, we're saving five dudes out there. Now they have, they don't have to worry how their bikes are going to get to the race. We're going to help them. So, you know, it's, it's a support team. And, you know, I feel more better about that than anything else. And I'm able to help a fellow rider out. So he just has to show up to the race and worry about riding. You know, when you got to worry about all the logistics, how am I getting my bike there? I got to worry about paying. You know, it's just, I think it's bullshit. You know, I I think it's so sad how you even have to pay to race Supercross. You know, the the talent these guys are, it's it's disgusting. You know, I don't even want to get into that, like how low these guys get paid to be a top fucking dirt bike rider, which is the gnarliest thing to do in the world, hands down. If anybody wants to debate me, DM me and we'll talk about this because they're the gnarly, gnarliest <laughs> athletes in the world. And, you know, they get, they get no money at all. You know, if, if, if the fucking supercross people would just give the riders just the money they make in beer sales or hot dog sales, these guys would be making so much more. I just feel the riders are, are fully getting gypped and, uh, it's sad to see, you know, so. Like, it's just going back. Sure. Uh, like, if I'm able to help out a little bit, it's a win-win for both of us, so. Seriously, like, and we don't, I'm not going to get into this, but it, it costs Adam Entiknap more to enter a Supercross than it costs Brad Gebhardt to attend one and sit in decent seats. It's disgusting. Like, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's unreal, man. I, I tell people that story and they just, they don't get it. I mean, I look at it now, now that I'm, grown up and i got a normal job i look at it like it's a fucking joke you know like to do all that would if i if i was a kid again you know when you're a kid you don't think about all that but like it's just crazy there's just no future for it there's five guys that are making a living at it other than that it's you know you're the gnarliest dude in the world and you're you're losing money every week it doesn't make sense to me at all i don't think it's going to change anytime soon so you know it's just it's cool because I feel that every pro dirt bike rider, it's their dream to still be in the industry some way, helping out. And somehow I landed in that position where I don't even know how it happened, but where I have my company Skivvy, we're paying riders. We got this Supercross team. I'm still in the mix. I don't have to ride, and you know it's a dream come true. I love doing this stuff way more than when I was riding for sure. So. It's, uh, everything's good right now. 
So uh, how can people follow the team? How can people support the team through uh, finding you guys in the pits and uh, and support the effort as we are only uh, 17 days away from Anaheim 1 dropping? Pretty much just follow, uh, I would say, really follow me. I'm not trying to just get more followers, but, you know, you can follow Skivvy <laughs> Official, S-K-V-I underscore official. That's our underwear company. And, of course, Metal Militia, because it's a Skivvy Metal Militia team. But I don't think we're going to be, like, posting too much stuff on Skivvy about it. I think through my page, I'm going to be definitely posting a lot on my stories, going live, and my Instagram's calling, C-O-L-I-N underscore scummy underscore Morrison. And, uh, yeah, and definitely you'll see us at the pits. You are, that's a dumb question. You will hear us. You will see us. You'll see somebody getting you know, maybe arrested. <laughs> like we're going big this year. We are going to be the coolest, uh, the coolest rig in the pit. So you'll see us come by, get an autograph, get a tattoo, play the drums with some rock stars. Let's do this. So yeah, you'll definitely, uh, you won't miss us. Let's just say that. Well, there you go, oh. man. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your evening to uh, enlighten us on all things uh, Colin Morrison, Skivvy, uh, whether it be the Supercross or the underwear, of which I am both I want to talk about... Uh, yeah. and, uh, I want to talk about my uh, my riding class, sorry. too, because uh, my freestyle motocross classes. I, I started that up again. I have a new... I have a friend I got in contact with. He's got a couple acres of land. We built two... We have two real size freestyle ramps and these ramps are pushed all the way up against landings and i started my freestyle motocross mm-hmm. class again it's a real big hit right now because i feel you go to supercross as your kid you want to become a pro dirt bike rider you buy a dirt bike you can go to any dirt bike track anywhere pay 20 bucks and ride you know you go to x games let's say you watch freestyle motocross what do you do if you want to go hit a ramp and be a freestyle rider you can't do it you know you either got to just get in with the pro riders or you got to be a millionaire to have your own land. It's just, it's, it's sad that there's no outlet for a future freestyle motocross rider. So with my program, if you've never hit a ramp before, you want to come out and hit a freestyle ramp safely. You know, that's what I'm offering. If you want to come to my class and do a backflip practice, you know, you already know how to hit ramps. My class isn't for you. My class is for the pure beginner that's never hit a ramp, that just wants to go out and see what it feels like to hit a ramp safely. So that's what my class is all about. And uh, it's going really good, man. Every single person that's done my class, he's come back a second time, a third time. So it's a complete hit. Um, and if you want to look into that, you can email me at Colin Morrison, fmxclass at gmail.com, and uh, just give me some time and I'll get back to you. My next class is mid-January, so... So yeah, that's going really good too, man. And yeah, it's just another thing seeing seeing the smiles on these guys' face. You know, just giving back to the motocross world. Motocross, yeah, dirt bikes for me. They're my life. They've always been my life. So to be be able to pass the torch down and help others, it's uh, there's no other feeling. So yeah, hit me up if you want to come out and hit a ramp with me. Awesome, man. Well, I hope people do do that, and uh, if they do so, uh, they'll be classmates with me because uh, I'm going to be down there all of January, and uh, I'm not leaving until you teach me how to do some tricks and hit hit those ramps. So uh, count me in as uh, as attending uh, your your riding cl- your your freestyle motocross class uh, in mid January. 
I think we can do that. Like I said, mid-January is my next class, so I'll see you at Supercross A1, and uh, we'll talk about that, go over some details, but let's do it. Awesome, man. Well, like I said, I really appreciate making some time and taking the time out of your evening to enlighten us on all things Colin Morrison. And, uh, yeah, you, you keep doing what you do, man, because uh, you're really giving back to the sport, which is a huge, uh, huge asset to it. And uh, appreciate the time. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you again sometime. All right. All right, man. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you.